Today we'll be discussing the Salem Witch Trials. But before getting into that, we'll look at the origins of witchcraft, learn about the various types of witches, discuss the powers and practices of the witch, and learn how to identify witches living among us. Then, we'll dive into the hysteria that spread through Salem Village near the end of the 17th century. We'll discuss who was accused, why they were accused, and the seemingly endless trials that took place. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought the Salem Witch Trials were just one more example of out-of-control religious fanaticism, stick around. You are absolutely correct. This is Necronomapod. And then came Heinrich Kramer's Witch's Hammer, or Malleus Maleficarum, in 1487. Kramer was a Dominican monk whose book became amazingly popular. Like, for over a century, it was the second best-selling book in Europe behind only the Bible. And the book argues that Satan, due to the fact that the apocalypse is coming, has, quote, caused a certain unusual heretical perversity to grow up in the land of the Lord, a heresy, I say, of sorceresses since it is to be designated by the particular gender of which he is known to have power. The book goes on to describe in detail the many evils of these mostly female practitioners of witchcraft and to advocate for all-out war. I recently decided that being a history buff, kind of, I think we've talked about it on the show, I'm, I have a background in studying history. Most uh, prominently, I'm very interested in the United States presidents. I recently set a goal for myself where I'm going to read at least one biography, well, one biography on every U.S. president. It's going to be a long-term goal. Wow. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, I like to read and try to keep myself uh, educated at least and sure, not just sit sure. there and watch pro wrestling and NASCAR. <laughs> I'm more than the, just that, folks. I'm a, I'm a complex individual. Uh, but I've always loved the president, so I'm going to read one biography by every president, or about every president. What type of timeline have you allowed yourself to so complete this task? Long-term goal. No timeline. Okay. If I put a timeline, I'm going to feel rushed. I'm not going to be into it. I just want to do it. Hmm. Um, I like it. Starting with Andrew Jackson, incidentally. Interesting fellow. Not going in order. I'm just going to pick based on who I want You know, at that given moment. Starting with Andrew Jackson. But my question really was, and this kind of goes to your question, Dave, I've never been a goal person. I don't set New Year's resolutions. I don't do long-term goals for myself. Have you guys ever set goals? Do you Are you a long-term goal type individual? Mm. What say you? First off, are you reading John Meacham's Andrew Jackson biography? American Lion, I most certainly am. Excellent. Yes. I believe I started that at one point and I put it down after... <laughs> It was quite it's long. <laughs> it's it's only about 360 pages. That's it? Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's small font. Yeah. <laughs> I need it's a, a fucking magnifying glass to see that. Well, <laughs> I'm about 70 pages in, so I'm over that initial hump. I'm into uh, it now. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it anyway. So, but I, I've never really set long-term goals hmm. for myself. I'm just not that kind of person. Are you guys, do you guys do New Year's resolutions? I have. Not most years. Yeah. And do you stick to I, them? I don't do any of that. No. So you're like me, Ian, like you just don't do long-term goals or really at all. No, I've never done a New Year's resolution either. Yeah, I haven't either. I never stick to them, but I've made a couple <laughs> right. in the past. But you've done like like dry months before, right? Like we've both done that. We've dried out for a month, no alcohol. And, you know, by like week two, we're like biting our nails <laughs> like, man, I can really use a cocktail. Anyway, I did it at the beginning of the year. I did a, a dry month, a month of keto. I think I dropped 25 pounds. Look at that. And COVID set in. I sat on my couch and ate for six months. I put it all drink, back on. And drink. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everybody has. So no real long-term, we're not long-term goal type 
individuals. Apparently not. That's not how we roll. All right. Well, I'd like to my... get the fuck out of Ohio at some point. That's my long-term goal. There you go. That's a nice goal. Yeah. Where to? Where do you want to go? I don't know. Somewhere different. Okay. Just out of Ohio. Somewhere with no snow and no heat. Somewhere where it's 70 degrees and breezy every day. Okay. You can do like a Los Angeles type thing. Like, I feel like LA's got a little bit more of that. You're not going to mm, get it's hot get... in LA. I believe someone emailed me. I said this on a show one time. They told me Oceanside, California, which is up north, close okay, to Monterey, I think. Okay. She said it's exactly the weather there. So there you go. Why is not everyone living there then? But 70 exactly. degrees all, all day, every Actually, day. It's probably very expensive. Probably. Okay. So that's our goals. You guys can hold us to them. Anyways. That's all I had for that. Sticking with our October theme of getting into the creepy and the dark and the demented. Um, we're going to talk about some witches today. I don't think we've, we haven't talked about, when was the last time we talked about a witch? Was it the bell witch? Yeah, I was going to ask you, you're going to reprise your bell witch voice tonight. I would have to listen to the episode and remember what the hell I did for a bell witch Interesting. voice. Interesting. <laughs> <Yeah. Hmm. laughs> I think, well, I think Dave's uh, <laughs> um, dropping some hints for later on. I hope. I hope to hear it, buddy. <laughs> Good, because I don't remember what I did for the Bell Witch. That was like, a, like a year ago. We did like dueling witch voices and yours went out and it was better. So the you, dueling you got to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll be reminded. We'll see. Anyways, Ian, what do we got tonight? Tonight we are going to be talking about the Salem Witch Trials. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of witchcraft and the belief in its existence has been around throughout much of recorded history. The belief in witchcraft has been at least present and at times central in many cultures and religions worldwide, including both primitive and advanced cultures. Historically, the predominant concept of witchcraft in the Western world derives from Old Testament laws against witchcraft and entered the mainstream when belief in witchcraft gained church approval in the early modern period. It's a theosophical conflict between good and evil, where witchcraft was generally evil and often associated with the devil and devil worship. This culminated in deaths, torture, and scapegoating, and like we're going to talk about today, many years of large-scale witch trials and witch hunts, especially in Protestant Europe. What, uh, what books of the Bible talk about witches, Mike? Your big Bible aficionado. Yeah. Um, or can you just sing the song? Yeah. You're an empty suit Bible aficionado. Genesis, Exodus, <laughs> Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Yeah, that's about it. I don't remember the Old Testament. But Dave, that just goes to show what, uh, you know, 12 years of a Catholic education did. All it didn't was instill in me a song. <laughs> I got nothing else out I of it. I took a lot out of that experience. Yeah, huh? no, I got a, much. I got a quote from Exodus, quote, thou shall not suffer a witch to live. So they're coming hard out of the gate there. So that says don't marry. Right? You shouldn't marry a woman. I think it means don't allow her to live. Oh, I just thought that meant... <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. Don't marry a woman. Okay. I'm sorry. Different interpretations of the Bible. <laughs> Exodus, what was that? So people can look it up. Give us their own interpretation. I, I, I don't have that information. Oh, you just said from Exodus. Yeah. I don't Muscuzzi. have the specific. Muscuzzi. <laughs> Get into some practices that witches would be accused of. Probably the most well-known characteristic of a witch would be the ability to cast a spell. A spell being the word used to carry out a magical action. A spell could consist of a set of words, a formula, or verse, or ritual action, or any combination of those. Spells traditionally were cast by many methods, such as by the inscription of runes or sigils on an object to give that object magical powers, 
by the immolation or binding of a wax or clay image of a person to affect them magically, by the performance of physical rituals, by the employment of magical herbs as amulets or potions, by gazing at mirrors or swords for the purposes of divination, and many other means. Sounds legit, huh? Yeah. Boy, if I could cast spells. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> You got a working list of people you'd cast spells on? <laughs> my, my. <laughs> what was your favorite spell in college? Love Potion 69? Of course. Obviously. That's <laughs> what my degree's in. That and butt fucking. <laughs> oh, that old gag. <laughs> you know, one of those old degrees. It's like basic studies. <laughs> the next one would be necromancy. Necromancy is the practice of conjuring the spirits of the dead for divination or prophecy, although the term has been applied to raising the dead for other purposes. The biblical witch of Endor performed necromancy, and it is among the witchcraft practices condemned by Elric of Einsham, saying, quote, Witches still go crossroads and to heathen burials with their delusive magic and call to the devil. And he comes to them in the likeness of the man that is buried there as he arrives from death. Shit. And third one is demonology, which is the study and belief in demons got lumped in with sorcery and in Christianity became associated with hearsay and apostasy and viewed as evil. Evil. Among Catholics, Protestants, and secular leadership of the European late medieval and early modern period, fears about witchcraft rose to a hysteria and sometimes led to large-scale witch hunts. My favorite demon is uh, Beelzebub, I guess. Kind of is a, that the one you have a picture of? That's Baphomet. Yeah. But the, Dave yeah. celebrates all the demons. <laughs> <laughs> I do have that cool Baphomet poster in my basement. That's right. You had to take down when you were selling your house. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just a caution, you know. You never know. The key century regarding these large-scale witch hunts was the 15th century, which saw a dramatic rise in the awareness and people being scared of witchcraft, resulting in the publication of The Hammer of the Witches. Hammer of the Witches was a witch-hunting manual written in 1486 by two German monks, Heinrich Kramer and Jacob Sprenger. It was used by both Catholics and Protestants for several hundred years, outlining how to identify a witch, what makes a woman more likely a witch than a man, how to put a witch on trial, and how to punish a witch. The book defines a witch as evil and typically female. The book became the handbook for secular courts throughout Renaissance Europe. Secular courts. Mm. So tough times as a woman. Probably not the best. I think religious people didn't love women throughout history. No, they did not. There were there were a fair amount of guys that got lumped in as witches too, because that's where warlocks come for that term. I was going to say, mm. yeah, isn't warlock the term for male? Male witch. Right. The Hammer of the Witches recommended not only torture, but also deception in order to obtain confessions. Quote, and when the implements of torture have been prepared, the judge, both in person and through other good men zealous in the faith, tries to persuade the prisoner to confess the truth freely. But if he will not confess, he bid attendants make the prisoner fast to the strapado or some other implement of torture. The attendants obey forthwith yet with feigned agitation. 
Then at the prayer of some of those present, the prisoner is loosened again and taken aside and once more persuaded to confess, being led to believe that he will, in that case, not be put to death. Mm. I looked up the strapado. Said it's a form of punishment or torture in which the victim was secured to a rope and made to fall from a height almost to the ground before being stopped with an abrupt jerk. <laughs> that sounds great. Oh, oh man, you'd almost rather hit the ground. I feel oh. like <laughs> if it's tied to your arms, you're like it's popping your arms out of the sockets. Oh yeah, for sure. If it's tied to your legs. Your legs are gonna get all fucked up. If it's tied to your waist, you could just die and cut you in half, yeah. depending on the height. It's a fine display of Christian values throughout history. We're seeing, we're reading about today. Speaking of torture. Ian. <laughs> yeah, get into some of these these torture methods that would be used. I mean, there's a ton of them. And I know we were talking the other day, Dave, you want to do a whole episode on these. I think I am. I started working on a bonus episode, uh, History of Medieval Torture Devices. Are you saying this will be Dave's first bonus episode? I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. Wow. You did the outline for Torso Murders. I did. But this is going to be narrated by Dave Namapod himself. I'm going to run my own bonus show. Wow. What a bonus. Look at that, folks. <laughs> if there was ever a reason to sign up to patreon.com. Walk, don't run. Slash Necronompod. Coming soon. Boom. To a podcast platform near you. <laughs> These ones that I pulled out for this were ones that were specifically used for witches. The first one is the psyllis. is a form of a spike chain around someone's abdomen. This self-inflicted punishment is said to make him closer to Jesus's pain and used as a method of repent and submission. Well, sounds delightful. Yeah. Dunking, which was a big one. Uh, one straps a subject to a seat and lowers it all the way into the water, then briefly allows the subject to come back up for air before being lowered back down. While desperately inhaling, the subject is asked to confess. If there is no confession, it means more dunking. If there is a confession, it could very well mean an immediate conviction and death by dunking. <laughs> So, so either way you're fucked yeah, yeah one right. way or another you're gonna die you either tell us you're a witch or you're not yeah. but you're gonna die it's like waterboarding sort of i mean it's using water to torture that's mm. not a pleasant uh, experience no dunking so far we're two for two on not being pleasant dunking your donut and your coffee pleasant this kind of dunking <laughs> not pleasant i would not disagree <laughs> The heretic's fork was a torture device loosely consisting of a length of metal with two opposed bipronged forks, as well as an attached belt or strap. The device was placed between the breastbone and throat just under the chin and secured with a leather strap around the neck, while the victim was hung from the ceiling or otherwise suspended in a way that they could not lie down. <laughs> the pictures of this thing is terrifying. It's fucked up. Google that thing. Ugh. Who comes up with this shit, you know? Well, we're going to find out in this bonus episode, but, <laughs> man, you got to be fucked up to come up with a lot of these. I was reading, too, about these. A lot of it was coming from the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, that's with parallel activity this, going on, yeah. Yeah, like a lot of the witch torture was adopted from that stuff. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of Inquisitions going on before this time. Uh, the pair of anguish was a device placed on a subject's orifice then slowly cranked open wider and wider until the subject confesses. Death from blood loss was not uncommon with this device. Ugh. The witch's bridle was a metal muzzle affixed to the face of the prisoners and to prevent these from biting themselves or others during interrogation. The witch's bridle is, mo is mostly a restraint device, but the psychological torture and humiliation of wearing it can affect the psyche of the prisoner who feels trapped. 
I don't know. I make my wife wear one around the house. She seems to be doing all right. <laughs> oh I kid. I kid. <laughs> a Hungarian folklorist, Eva Polk, states that reasons for accusations of witchcraft fall into four general categories. One, a person was caught in the act of positive or negative sorcery. Two, a well-meaning sorcerer or healer lost their clients or the authorities' trust. Three, a person did nothing more than gain the anonymity of their neighbors. Four, a person was reputed to be a witch and surrounded with an aura of witch beliefs or occultism. So even good witches are bad then. A witch is yeah. a witch is a witch. I guess. Yeah, so like Glinda from uh, Wizard of Oz, she would have been uh, lumped in with the bad witches. Drop a house on that motherfucker. Man. <laughs> So I'm guessing there was no traveling magicians at this time. It's <laughs> a good question. I mean, I, I just looked up what, because I didn't know actually what sorcery meant, but it's essentially just magic. So, yeah, you know, you know, if you pull a rabbit out of a hat, you're going to get, you know, dunked. fucking out, which is bridal or dunked or fucking spike in your throat. That's a good question. Cause you get like those old stories of Merlin, the wizard and Camelot and stuff. Was that okay back then? Well, this, this was much later. Got to be in the right place at the right time, man. Yeah. Wasn't that part of the gypsy persecution over there? Is that they were witches or performing sorcery and stuff? That's, that's what that's I mean. Part like, of it. Yeah. yeah, like it's just all that. I don't know. Don't do magic, folks. You might end up, you know, dunked. Isn't there a part in Borat where he's saying, don't do your, your magic on me, gypsy or whatever? <laughs> it's when he goes to a, a, a garage sale yes. and he's like, yeah. I will look at your things, gypsy. <laughs> you stay away from me or I will take your tears. <laughs> and that's when he buys the Baywatch book with him. Right. Pamela, I get my book with my love, Pamela. Well, because there's another one. Is it from the movie when he goes to, to see the doctor? It's talk. an outtake. Is that an outtake where he, he, he shows, him his, and he goes, yeah, and he shows him his vial of gypsy tears around his neck? <laughs> I've been safe because of my vial of gypsy tears. And his doctor's like, what? Gypsy tears. Gypsy tears. Yes, you know. This is nice. Doesn't he, am I just making that up? Or is it, is it like as soon as he walks up to... Uh, to that garage sale, he's just like, "Don't do your magic on me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> he's like very stern and like very strict. <laughs> Don't do your magic on me, Gypsy. As of recording date, we got two days left till the new Borat comes out. I'm so excited. By the time this comes out, it'll already be oh, there. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> top five. The first one's a top five all time greatest funny movie oh, for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Second one's got a lot to live up to. She identifies three varieties of witch in popular belief. The neighborhood witch or social witch. Or Karen. Yeah. <laughs> in common term or in modern terms, Karen. There you go. <laughs> a witch who curses a neighbor following some kind of conflict. And incidentally, I support witches cursing people who let their dogs shit or and or ride motorcycles on my lawn. I have no problem with curses being cast. I agree. Don't shit and ride motorcycles on people's lawn. That's it. Or, or Karen, to... Karen Dave's going to come after you. <laughs> it's my yeah, I'm, I'm on the motorcycle bandwagon now. I don't love that. I think we, we know the same thing, Dave. <laughs> yep. I, I, oh, I'm aware as well. Same issue. <laughs> yeah. Used to walk to Dave's house and have to go in the street because of motorcycles parked on a fucking sidewalk. It's like Sons of Anarchy out there, buddy. Well, come at me, gypsies. <laughs> I'd fucking take on a whole biker gang. <laughs> I have three world title belts. You know this, Dave. That's from hand hand to hand combat. Can't be beat. Can't be beat. Total. Won various grappling various grappling competitions. 
<laughs> the magical or sorcerer witch, either a professional healer, sorcerer, seer, or midwife, or a person who has, through magic, increased her fortune to the perceived detriment of a neighboring household due to neighborly or community rivalries and the ambiguity between positive and negative magic. Such individuals can become labeled as witches. The supernatural or night witch portrayed in court narratives as a demon appearing in visions and dreams. And that's a big one we're going to get into tonight yeah. with these visions of supposed witches. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Let's dive in. Neighborhood witches are the product of neighborhood tensions and are found only in self-sufficient surf village communities where inhabitants largely rely on each other. Such accusations follow the breaking of some social norm, such as failure to return a borrowed item, and any person part of the normal social exchange could potentially fall under suspicion. So basically, if you're an outcast in the, in the community, you're fucked. Yeah, or if you have your dog time. shit on my grass. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say this literally sounds like every reality show that's out there. Just like like this is Real Housewives of you know Tuscaloosa or whatever. Tuscaloosa. Uh, just fucking neighbor conflicts, and then you know you wish someone is you you know you deem someone a witch, and now they're the outcast. <laughs> At least that's my hillbilly version of it. I like it. Claims of sorcerer witches and supernatural witches could arise out of social tensions, but not exclusively. The supernatural witch, in particular, often had nothing to do with communal conflict, but expressed tensions between the human and supernatural worlds. And in Eastern and Southeastern Europe, such supernatural witches became an ideology explaining catastrophes that happened to entire communities. So if there was like a mass, like, I don't know if there was like some sickness that spread through community they would single out somebody and say, oh, that person's a witch. They yeah. brought this on us. Your, you know, your lack of science or understanding how things work. It's easier to just scapegoat someone like that. It's a witch. You don't need science when you have the Bible, Dave. Oh, I have that tattooed on me. It's absolutely right, Mike. <laughs> Why read many books when you can read just one? It simplifies things. One filled with many books. <laughs> Their words, not mine. I mean, it's many books of the Bible, right? Just saying. Is there a song about that we heard earlier in the show? It was great. Yeah, I only know the first few words of the Genesis, <laughs> uh, the Old Testament. New Testament, I got an album coming out, but I can't wait. <laughs> not today. Specifically in the Salem witch trials, after someone concluded that a loss, illness, or death had been caused by witchcraft, the accuser entered a complaint against the alleged witch with the local magistrates. If the complaint was deemed credible, the magistrates had the person arrested and brought in for public examination, essentially in an interrogation where the magistrates pressed the accused to confess. I, th I read in one of these things that they uh, they would strip him naked and look for like the Satan's teat that he snatched onto when he was uh, you know, doing his thing to the witch. It's like a physical manifestation of that. Really? It's a little weird. You think a little weird? <laughs> it's a lot of fucking weird. Mm -hmm. If the magistrates at this local level were satisfied that the complaint was well-founded, the prisoner was handed over to be dealt with by a superior court. In 1692, the magistrates opted to wait for the arrival of the new charter and governor who had established the court of Oyer and Terminer to handle these cases. The next step at the superior court level was to summon witnesses before a grand jury. A person could be indicted on charges of afflicting with witchcraft 
or for making an unlawful covenant with the devil. <laughs> Once indicted, the defendant went to trial, sometimes on the same day. And with no attorney, from what I was reading. Oh, yeah, absolutely well, not. They're already stripping them <laughs> naked looking for what? Teat. Satan's Satan's teat, teat or something? Yeah. I think that's what they call it. Pretty sure lawyer went out the door a long time ago. Yeah. Much, but not all, of the evidence used against the accused was spectral evidence or the testimony of the afflicted who claimed to see the apparition or shape of the person who was allegedly afflicting them. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, they're just like, oh yeah, I saw like this shadowy figure of the person, of that person. and Right, and that's the, so that's it. Like now they must be a witch. <laughs> right. Well, they were there. You saw, I woke up you in the middle, middle of the night last night and I looked out my window and I saw the shadowy figure of Dave. He's a witch. <laughs> Lock him up. Look for <laughs> Satan's teat. It's pretty much and it. Dunk him in water or something. Just don't give me the heretics uh, fork or whatever that was. It was brutal. All those, man. I don't yeah. know what I would take. Switch to that bonus show. We're going to have fun with that one. We are. The theological dispute that ensued about the use of this evidence was based on whether a person had to give permission to the devil for his or her shape to be used to afflict. Opponents claimed that the devil was able to use anyone's shape to afflict people, but the court contended that the devil could not use a person's shape without that person's permission. Therefore, when the afflicted claimed to see the apparition of a specific person, that was accepted as evidence that the accused had been complicit with the devil. Can you imagine a courtroom like this arguing this nonsense? <laughs> well, I say the devil needs your permission. Well, I say he doesn't. <laughs> Holy Christ. Cotton Mather's The Wonders of the Invisible World was written with the purpose to show how careful the court was in managing the trials. Unfortunately, the work did not get released until after the trials had already ended. In his book, Mather explained how he felt spectral evidence was presumptive and that it alone was not enough to warrant a conviction. <laughs> you think, fucko? <laughs> I do want to state, uh, we talk about names on this show, Cotton Mather. Awesome name. Awesome <laughs> name. pretty good. I love that. Getting to the Salem witch trials, witch trials had begun to fade out across much of Europe by the mid-17th century, but they continued on the fringes of Europe and in some of the American colonies. The events of 1692 through 1693 in Salem is probably the most well-known case of mass hysteria, and it has been used in political rhetoric and popular literature as a cautionary tale about the dangers of isolationism, religious extremism, false accusations, and errors in due process. It is crazy with the as late as that is 1692. I mean, you're getting into the age of enlightenment in Europe and stuff with you know Sir Isaac Newton and all the scientific stuff, but not knuckle dragger, you know, Puritan of America. <laughs> you guys are fucking trying people for being a witch. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. We'll always be the hillbillies of the world, Dave. <laughs> always. Not much has changed today. There's still some of these people out there. Oof. In Salem Village... In February 1692, Betty Paris, age 9, and her cousin Abigail Williams, age 11, the daughter and the niece of Reverend Samuel Paris, began to have fits described as, quote, beyond the power of epileptic fits or natural disease to affect, by a guy named John Hale, who's the minister of a nearby town of Beverly. The girl screamed, threw things around the room, made strange sounds, crawled under furniture, and contorted themselves into odd positions, according to the eyewitness account of Reverend Diodat Lawson, a former minister in Salem Village. So two things. This sounds like typical teenagers. 
fucking around. Two, Diodat Lawson. <laughs> awesome name. <laughs> Legendary name. <laughs> Diodat Lawson. Diodat. Diodat. I've never heard Diodat that Diodat or Diodat? Diodat. Diodat. Either way. Dio or Diodat. 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 Diodat Lawson. It's not bad. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. My name's Diodat Lawson. Nice to meet you. My name's Cotton Mather. We're two of the baddest motherfuckers who've ever lived. Let's go kill some witches. Except they're not from the South. They're from New England, so I don't... It's America. It doesn't matter. We all talk like this. <laughs> to anyone listening, you know, our, our friends in Europe and, you know, Australia, we all just talk like this. Fair enough. It's great. We're the greatest country in the world, America! <laughs> Kid Rock. <laughs> Woo! Toby Keith. America! Fuck yeah! <laughs> Guys, I'm fired tonight with this patriotism. I love it. <laughs> Who doesn't love the movie Team America? Is that not a hilarious oh, movie? It's so I haven't good. seen that in forever. <laughs> it's so good. The girls complained of being pinched and pricked with pins. A doctor, historically assumed to be William Griggs, could find no physical evidence of anything wrong with the girls. Other young women in the village began to show similar behaviors. When Lawson preached as a guest in the Salem Village Meeting House, he was interrupted several times by outbursts from people showing this behavior. Spice up church a little bit. Why not? <laughs> the first group of people accused and arrested for allegedly being witches were Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tatuba, with Tatuba being the first. Some historians believe that the accusations by Anna Putman Jr. suggest that a family feud had been a major cause for the witch trials. At the time, a rivalry was underway between the Putnam and Porter families, one which deeply polarized the people of Salem. Citizens would often have heated debates which escalated into full-blown fighting based solely on their opinion of this feud. Sarah Good was accused of witchcraft because of her reputation. At her trial, she was accused of rejecting Puritan ideals of self-control and discipline when she chose to, quote, torment and scorn children instead of leading them toward the path of salvation. Nice gal. Guess she wasn't a good person. <laughs> Get it? Her name's Sarah Good. Get it? <laughs> That's funny. I didn't think of that. Oh, I'm so funny. <laughs> Sarah Osborne rarely attended church meetings. She was accused of witchcraft because the Puritans believed she had her own self-interests in mind following her remarriage to an indentured servant. The citizens of the town also disapproved of her trying to control her son's inheritance from her previous marriage. Well, clearly a witch. Dunker. <laughs> Tatuba, an enslaved South American Indian woman from the West Indies, likely became a target because of her ethnic differences from most of the other villagers. She was accused of attracting girls like Abigail Williams and Betty Paris with stories of enchantment. These stories about sexual encounters with demons, swaying the minds of men, and fortune-telling were, were said to stimulate the imaginations of girls and made Tatuba an obvious target for accusations. That's what we try to do on our paranormal uh, erotica bonus shows, stimulate the imaginations of girls. Oh, and we do. I, I think it's a home run not every time. Not just girls, guys, as well. It's true. We Could all you imagine if someone in 1692 heard our paranormal erotica <laughs> show. We would all, all three of us would be cast as witches and we would be dunked and sarsaparillaed or whatever else there fucking was to torture someone. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be killed. 
immediately. I'd be thrown in an Iron Maiden and just left. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Would not go over so greatly. Mm. Also want to point out slaves are okay, witches are not. So, so we're clear on the morality here. That is not Dave speaking. That is him <laughs> talking about the times. Correct. Each of these women was, they were kind of an outcast and, and showed many of the character traits typical of quote, usual suspects for witchcraft accusations. And they were left to defend themselves brought before the local magistrates on the complaint of witchcraft. They were interrogated for several days, starting on March 1st, 1692, then sent to jail. And I think the thing too, to keep in mind when every time that we go through this and say interrogated, that's all those torture devices and shit we talked about earlier. Yeah. yeah right. Not put in a room it's with a lawyer and just question yeah. and, you know, given a cup of coffee, just tortured into confessing or dying. It's not a great situation. In March, others were accused of witchcraft. Martha Corey, child Dorothy Good, and Rebecca Nurse in Salem Village, and then Rachel Clinton in nearby Ipswich. Martha Corey had expressed skepticism about the credibility of the first girl's accusations, drawing negative attention to herself. The charges against her and Rebecca Nurse troubled the community because Martha Corey was a full covenant member of the church in Salem Village as was Rebecca Nurse in the church in Salem Town. If upstanding people could be witches, the townspeople thought, then anybody could be a witch, and church membership was no protection of being accused. Well, that's stepping it up a notch now, man. I mean, if a church members are evil, where does it stop, I was gonna, Where does it end? Where does it end? <laughs> Clearly, it ends at the clergy, right? Like, they're never going to be evil. Never. They never. never do any bad stuff. Never, ever, ever. Oh, no. nope. Touched by God. Let go and let God. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy Good, the daughter of Sarah Good, was only four years old, but was not exempt from questioning by the magistrate. <laughs> Four-year-old witch? Yeah, that's pretty brutal. What the fuck? Well, but was she questioned as a witch or questioned to uh, convict her mom? I think we're going to find out in the next sentence. <laughs> Either way, ludicrous. <laughs> Either way, ludicrous. Either way, ludicrous. How do you get any answers out of a four-year-old? Yeah. Her answers were construed as a confession that implicated her mother. There you go, Mike. What the fuck? <laughs> not fair. <laughs> implicated her mom based on what she said. <laughs> Good God. That's terrifying. Can you imagine like this taking place? It's insane. Yeah. Mm -mm. We'll put that in the uh, dark note for America. Yeah, clearly. In Ipswich, Rachel Clinton, who was arrested for witchcraft at the end of March, she was arrested on charges that were unrelated to the behavior of the girls in Salem Village. Oh, so she had her own coven then. She was unrelated to all these Salem witches. An independent yeah, witch. She was yeah, doing right. her own witch stuff. Well, you know. Okay. We'll be right back. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Something keeping you from achieving your 2020 goals? Let's face it. These are certainly trying times. From being cooped up inside your home to wondering how you're going to pay next month's bills we're all experiencing some form of stress or strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. The best part? No waiting rooms. That's a pretty big deal if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video 
or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own couch. BetterHelp is available worldwide and has a broad range of expertise available, including licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Not happy with your counselor? No worries. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Remember, everything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help you deserve. Financial aid is even offered to those who qualify. Want to hear how BetterHelp assisted people just like you? Check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Look, we here at Necronomapod want you to start living a happier life. So, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash Necro. When Sarah Cloyce, who was Nurse's sister, and Elizabeth Proctor were arrested in April, they were brought before John Hathorne and Jonathan Corwin at a meeting in Salem Town. The men were both local magistrates and also members of the governor's council. Present for the examination were Deputy Governor Thomas Danforth and Assistant Samuel Sewall, Samuel Appleton, James Russell, and Isaac Addington. During the proceedings, objections by Elizabeth's husband, John Proctor, resulted in him being arrested that day. Oh, you don't like that, pal? Now we're going to take you too, you witch, you warlock. <laughs> Was the term warlock used at this time, mm, I wonder? I don't know. It doesn't appear to be I, in the text I believe it was. This, was it? You guys it originated in Scotland, I read. Oh. During some witch trials going on over there, like some witch hunts. Warlock's a pretty cool term. It is. I like it. Warlock. I'm a warlock. I will fuck you up. <clears throat> you know, I once Southern. listened to a um ghost or not a coast to coast AM with Art Bell episode because uh we you know we signed up for the subscription, of course, because it's show research, obviously. Obviously. Once a year on Patreon. But I listened about a year ago to a uh, a call-in show that was just about witches. It was pretty interesting. Mm. It's out there somewhere. He, he might have done more, multiple witch shows. You know, he was on for, for fucking ever. But it was just a call-in show based on experiences with witches and witchcraft. It's pretty interesting. Interesting. I wish I remembered the date. I tried looking it up back on the uh, the Coast to Coast AM website. I couldn't find it, mm. but... Yeah, it was really good. So you tease us, and then you can't point us to it. Well, just search Art Bell Ghost to, or Coast to Coast Witch. It'll, I'm sure you'll find it. In this day and age, come on, people, use Google. Within a week, Giles Corey, who was Martha's husband and a covenant member of the church in Salem Town, Abigail Hobbs, Bridget Bishop, Mary Warren, a servant in the Proctor household, and Deliverance Hobbs were arrested and examined. Abigail Hobbs... Mary Warren and Deliverance Hobbs all confessed and began naming additional people as accomplices. More arrests followed with Sarah Wilds, William Hobbs, who was the husband of Deliverance, Nehemiah Abbott Jr., Mary Eastley, Edward Bishop Jr., and his wife Sarah Bishop, and Mary English. It's at a f- frenzied pace now. They're arresting everybody out here. <laughs> Lock them up. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's dunk some motherfuckers. Oh, damn. See if we get a confession. And if they die, they die. <laughs> Ivan Drago. Well, and, and of course, under that type of torture, you're going to just confess and then start naming people. If they're asking for more accomplices, I would have. Yeah. Anything to make the cops leave the room. Most people would. Sure. Even though your life is still not going to be saved. Are you sure no, about that? No, like we read earlier, you get dunked right after. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because when you start naming accomplices, then they're accomplices to the crime you've committed. So True. now you're a witch and you will die. On April 30th, more people were arrested. Reverend George Burroughs, Lydia Dustin, Susanna Martin, Dorcas Hoare. <laughs> Dorcas Hoare? <laughs> we've read a lot of cool names tonight. These are great. Cotton Mather. What was the other one I said? I forgot it. Now I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> what was that dude's name that I liked? It was having the Lawson Diodat 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 Lawson. And then we get the fucking Dorcas whore. Dorcas whore. <laughs> There's some Dorcas whores in this house. Dorcas whores in this house. Dorcas whores in this house. Dorcas whore. All right, we shouldn't kid. He probably was he or she. Is that a he or she? Dorcas Whore. I think it's a he. Isn't that a male name? That name survives uh, today. I've seen it before. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Now I feel bad for all the Dorcases out there. <laughs> Please don't name your kids Dorcas. If your name's Dorcas, you definitely won't get the book slapped out of your hands in, in no, the hallway at high school. That'll You're never happen. You're obviously the captain of the football team. <laughs> <laughs> That's not to make fun of all Dorcases out there. There's a the difference between Dorcas and Dork. Yeah. He used to be a Dorcas. Well, I used to be a dork. <laughs> I was, hey, I might have been a dork. I was no Dorcas, Pally. And I certainly wasn't no Dorcas whore. A bold statement. And the other two that were arrested during this wave was uh, Sarah Mori and Philip English. Nehemiah Abbott Jr. was released because the accusers agreed he was not the person whose specter had afflicted them. Mary Eastley was released a few days after her initial arrest because the accusers failed to confirm it was her who had afflicted them. She was arrested again when the accusers reconsidered. In May, accusations continued to pour in, but some of the suspects began to evade arrest. People started taking off. I would too. That's smart. Be long. I mean, at, at this point, when you're accused, there's no it, there's no win. You're either killed while you're being, you know, interrogated probably, or you you admit to it and then you're killed because you're a witch. You got to take the fuck off. It's time to get out of there. Until this point, all the proceedings were investigative. But on May 27, 1692, William Phipps ordered the establishment of the special court of Oyer and Terminer for Suffolk, Essex and Middlesex counties to prosecute the cases of those in jail. Warrants were issued for more people. Sarah Osborne, one of the first of three people accused, died in jail on May 10th, 1692. So now they have a legitimate court. Before it was just investigations and stuff. Now they have the authority to actually conduct trials. Right. And then this first girl, this first woman, Sarah Osborne, presumably from all that brutal torture stuff we talked about earlier. And I can't imagine the jail conditions were good. Oh, can you imagine? They ended no. up dying. Mm. Warrants were then issued for 36 more people, with examinations continuing to take place in Salem Village. When the court convened at the end of May, the total number of people in custody was 62. I think I read that Salem only had 500 people. I mean, you're going to be up to half the town here. <laughs> Whew. 
at this point, if you're living in the in Salem Village, are you just like laying low in your house, like making no enemies? I, I think you have to. Just doing your own thing. Don't say anything one way or the other. That other lady right. like, was suspicious of the veracity of the claims. And they're like, all right, well, you're a witch yeah. too then. Yeah, shut the fuck up. You're a witch. <laughs> yeah, you keep quiet. You don't let your dog bark nope. at night. Nope. You clean up your, you know, your poop bucket, probably that they had back then. Don't let it stank up too much. You know, whatever they had back in those days. I just saw shit somewhere. Chamber pot? All of it. Clean it up. Clean don't it have up. an extra stinky one. You might be a witch. They might waft out to your neighbor's window. Just and saying. Like, That's a witch over just there. Saying you, you just you keep a low profile. Isolationism agree. is the name of the game. I agree. Cotton Mather wrote to one of the judges, John Richards, who was a member of his congregation on May 31st, 1692. Oh, that's Dave's birthday. Su- <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> that's just too ridiculous. It's not even funny. <laughs> See, back then you could have just called me a witch and then I'd be fucked. <laughs> He was expressing his support for the prosecutions, but cautioned him, saying, quote, Do not lay more stress on pure spectral evidence than it will bear. It is very certain that the devils have sometime represented the shapes of persons not only innocent, but also those very virtuous. Though I believe that the just God then ordinarily provides a way for the speedy vindication of the persons thus abused. Kind of a talking out of both sides of his mouth, right? A little bit. The court convened in Salem Town on June 2nd, 1692, with William Stoughton, the new lieutenant governor, as chief magistrate, Thomas Newton as Crown's attorney prosecuting the cases, and Stephen Seawall as clerk. Bridget Bishop's case was the first brought to the grand jury, who endorsed all the indictments against her. Bridget was described as not living a Puritan lifestyle because she wore black clothing and odd costumes which was against the Puritan code. It's a goth chick. Doesn't mean she's a witch. (laughs) Literally, she wore black. (laughs) Witch! (laughs) When she was examined before her trial, Bishop was asked about her coat, which had been awkwardly, quote, cut or torn in two ways. Oh, how could that have happened besides Satan? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think this was just a woman that liked to dress a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. You got to march to the beat of uh, not your own drummer when you're in these types of uh, For real? civilizations. God damn. And it's a little um, shows you how little we progressed that like in the 70s and 80s, even up until the really early 90s with the satanic panic. Kind of the same thing in some situations when we get to the West Memphis three. Ooh, there's a teaser. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Knuckles was just dressed like a goth kid and he was thrown under the bus hard for you know that's almost like a modern day witch trial what happened to him i don't disagree people have been asking for that one they want some west memphis three that might be on the timeline uh eh, we'll call it early 2021 okay (laughs) that's not an official statement i'm just saying there's gonna be early it's not coming in the next couple months your word is your bond mike yeah right anyone who knows me know that ain't true This, alongside with her, quote, immoral lifestyle, confirmed to the jury that Bridget was a witch. She went to trial the same day and was convicted. On June 3rd, the grand jury endorsed indictments against Rebecca Nurse and John Willard, but they did not go to trial immediately for reasons which are unclear. Bridget was then executed by hanging on June 10th, 1692. No appeals, no delay, no problem. Nope. <laughs> Hanged for wearing black. 
Why is there any reason why hanging was the preferred method? Is that just what they did? Any reason? Because I think we're going to get into a lot of, you know, hangings with some of these. I'm just wondering if there's something yeah, to that. I don't know, because in, in Europe, they did a lot of burning at the stake for witches, right? For whatever reason, they didn't do that right. there. And what just seems odd, all these torture device, you know, that they use, I mean, hanging, which yeah. essentially is supposed to just snap your neck quickly. Why so quick? Unless they just want to be done with you. They've exhausted their torture. Send you to back to hell. I guess so. I read her, uh, her last words were, I am no witch. I am innocent. I know nothing of it. Mm. Said. Getting that tattoo tattooed on my tricep. <laughs> I also read too that there were crowds for some of these torture devices too. Oh, like some of these were done in public. That is crazy. insane. <clears throat> Let's go up to the town square. They're uh, they're dunking that good old boy. <laughs> that old boy won't tell him the truth about being a warlock. They're gonna dunk him. He'll be telling the truth there. Oh, that game. This day and age, <laughs> public torture is just. You know, going to a Cleveland Browns game. <laughs> Immediately following this execution, the court adjourned for 20 days until June 30th, while it looked for advice from New England's most influential ministers. <laughs> Their collective response came back dated June 15th and composed by Cotton Mather. This guy's uh, fingerprints are all over this thing. Cotton Mather. Yeah. Cool name. Probably a douchey person. Mm-hmm. So this is what he had to say. The afflicted state of our poor neighbors that are now suffering by molestations from the invisible world. We apprehend so deplorable that we think their condition calls for the utmost help of all persons in their several capacities. You're playing the accent, huh? Yeah, I'm going with that. We're America. <laughs> we cannot but, with all thankfulness, acknowledge the success which the merciful God has given unto the sedulous and assiduous endeavors of our honorable rulers to detect the abominable witchcrafts which have been committed in the country, humbly praying that the discovery of those mysterious and mischievous wickednesses may be perfected. That was real well done, Cletus. <laughs> Just want to say you did a real good job. Thank you, Billy Bob. We judge that in the prosecution of these and all such witchcrafts, there is need of a very critical and exquisite caution, lest by too much credulity for things received only upon the devil's authority, there be a good door opened for a long train of miserable consequences, and Satan get an advantage over us, for we should not be ignorant of his devices. What device is that, Billy Bob? To be determined, Cletus. <laughs> Bumble the judge, jury, and executioner. And that is our Lord, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> These accents are ridiculous. How kind of, this is great. It's like dueling banjos. <laughs> As in complaints upon witchcrafts, there may be matters of inquiry, which do not amount unto matters of presumption. And there may be matters of presumption, which yet may not be matters of conviction. So it is necessary <laughs> that all proceedings thereabout be managed with an exceeding tenderness towards those that may be complained of, especially if they have been persons formerly of an unblemished reputation. So not your mama, Cletus. Why you got to bring my mama onto this? <laughs> she ain't unblemished <laughs> also, at all. Also, motherfucker, you're Cletus. I'm Billy Bob. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
when the first inquiry is made in the circumstances of such as may lie under the just suspicion of witchcraft, we could wish that there be admitted as little as is possible of such noise, company and openness as many to as may to hastily expose them that are examined and that there may no thing be used as a test for the trial of the suspected the lawfulness whereof may be doubted among the people of god but that the directions given by such judicious writers as perkins and bernard be consulted in such a case who the fuck are perkins and bernard they fuck my mother <laughs> Oh, they was clients. <laughs> Presumptions whereupon persons may be committed and much more convictions whereupon persons may be condemned as guilty of witchcrafts ought certainly to be more considerable than barely the accused person being represented by a specter unto the afflicted. Inasmuch as it is undoubted and a notorious thing that a demon may, by God's permission, appear even to ill purposes. In the shape of an innocent, yeah, and a virtuous man. Nor can we esteem alterations made in the sufferers by a look or touch of the accused to be an infallible evidence of guilt, but frequently liable to be ambushed by the devil's ledger demeans. What in the fuck word is that? <laughs> Cletus, ain't nobody know. We're just going to keep on reading. We know now whether some remarkable affronts given to the devils by our disbelieving those testimonies whose whole force, force and strength is from them alone may not put a period unto the progress of the dreadful calamity begun upon us in the accusations of so many persons, whereof some, we hope, are yet clear from the great transgressions laid unto their charge. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. <laughs> and finally, number eight. Nevertheless, we cannot but humbly recommend unto the government the speedy and vigorous prosecution of such as have rendered themselves obnoxious according to the direction given in the laws of God and the wholesome statutes of the English nation for the detection of witchcrafts. Cletus, you read that real good. <laughs> Thanks, Billy Bob. I'll let you fuck my sister tonight. <laughs> All right, us applying hillbilly accents to this is the most ridiculous thing we have ever done in the show, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense at all. Of course it doesn't. But enough of this 17th century <laughs> gobbledygook, man. I have no idea what we just read. No, I, I don't even know what anything I said. <laughs> yeah, that's what he wrote. Okay. Okay. Can I also just say, based on, uh, or going off of accents, whatever, that the Ricky Ricardo has quickly become my favorite. <laughs> That's what you could, huh? You could have Ricky Ricardo. What episode think, was I that in? Beat, was that a bonus show? last week. Week, oh, was last week. I don't even remember doing that, honestly. That's funny. <laughs> I have to go listen to that. I never listened to it. Oh, that's that, really awful. John Wayne was my favorite, but Ricky Ricardo <laughs> has taken number one for me. <laughs> It's funny. So Major Nathaniel Saltonstall resigned from the court on or about June 16th, angry with the letter and that it had not outright barred the admission of spectral evidence. According to researchers, Saltonstall deserves the credit for, quote, being the only public man of his day who had the sense or courage to condemn the proceedings at the start. Oh, well, 
I clap for that gentleman. Everyone else is a piece of shit here so far. More people were accused, arrested, and examined, but now in Salem Town by former local magistrates John Hathorne, Jonathan Corwin, and Bartholomew Gedney, who had become judges of the court. Suspect Roger Toothaker died in prison on June 16, 1692. So now they have another person that just died sitting there. Toothaker? Looks like he missed his appointment for a extraction. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I wish... <laughs> I was ready to go on that one too, just the way you said it. See? <laughs> I got it. I got to make that video. I got to do a video of that. From June 30th through early July, grand juries endorsed indictments against Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susanna Martin, Elizabeth Proctor, John Proctor, Martha Carrier, Sarah Wilds, and Dorcas Hoare. <laughs> <laughs> It's not funny, but it's a little bit funny. Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susanna Martin, and Sarah Wilds, along with Rebecca Nurse, went to trial at this time where they were found guilty. All five women were executed by hanging on July 19th, 1692. Oh, my goodness. Back to that hanging again. They like the hangings. They love the hanging. I mean, Rebecca Nurse was 71 years old. I mean, and I don't, you know, what does it say about a person when you, a bunch of men can stand around and hang a 71-year-old woman? For magic. Well, they justified it as she was a witch. Man, it's just insane. Mm. Also, goddamn, living to 71 in 1692. As Ace Ventura would say point. in When Nature Calls, it's got to be some kind of a record. <laughs> when he's doing the slinky down all those steps. It's one of my favorite scenes in all those movies. That's great. <laughs> I think we've mentioned it before. I fucking love Ace Ventura movies. The set and I will stand by when nature calls is better than the original pet detective. You've made that well known. I yeah, know. yeah. Both are hilarious, but pet detective is better. I think a lot of people agree with you. I don't. Th I think I'm in the minority. Though. Really? I think most people like the first one. From what I've seen in my arguments and debates, trials and tribulations. But you know, that's just me. In mid July, the constable in Andover invited the afflicted girls from Salem Village to visit his wife to try and determine who was causing her afflictions. Ann Foster, her daughter, Mary Lacey, and granddaughter, Mary Lacey Jr., all confessed to being witches. Anthony Checkley was appointed by Governor Phipps to replace Thomas Newton as the Crown's attorney when Newton took an appointment in New Hampshire. In August, grand juries indicted George Burroughs, Mary Eastley, Martha Corey and George Jacobs Sr. Trial juries convicted Martha Carrier, George Jacobs, George Burroughs, John Willard, Elizabeth Proctor, and John Proctor. Elizabeth Proctor was given a temporary stay of execution because she was pregnant. So that's nice of them. Yeah, nice. Oh, how kind. Pro-life. <laughs> On August 19th, 1692, Martha Carrier, George Jacobs Sr., George Burroughs, John Willard, and John Proctor were all executed. Probably by hanging. Yes, probably by hanging. Uh, a quote from Robert Califf, who wrote More Wonders of the Invisible World, said, quote, Mr. Burroughs was carried in a cart with others through the streets of Salem to execution. When he was upon the ladder, he made a speech for the clearing of his innocency with such solemn and serious expressions as were to the admiration of all present. His prayer, which he concluded by repeating the Lord's Prayer, as witches were not supposed to be able to recite, was so well worded and uttered with such composedness 
as such feverancy of spirit, as well as very affecting and drew tears from, from many, so that it seemed to some that the spectators would hinder the execution. The accuser said the black man, quote, devil, stood and dictated to him. As soon as he was turned off, quote, hanged, Mr. Cotton Mather, being mounted upon a horse, addressed himself to the people, partly declared that he, Mr. Burroughs, was no ordained minister, partly to possess the people of his guilt, saying that the devil often had been transformed into the angel of light. And this did somewhat appease the people, and the executions went on. When Mr. Burroughs was cut down, he was dragged by a halter to a hole, or grave, between the rocks about two feet deep, his shirt and breeches being pulled off, and an old pair of trousers of one executed put on his lower parts. He was so put in, together with Willard and Carrier, that one of his hands and his chin and a foot of one of them was left uncovered. Well, it's very descriptive. So for as many people as they're killing and burying, they're not really digging, you know, big graves. Even just pauper graves out in the field somewhere. Body parts hanging out. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around all this. Well, and I think it's just, it's telling. Like, this guy gives such an impassionate, yeah. you know, plea for his innocence. Says the, what was it, the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer, which witches were not supposed to say. Right. And they just hang him and they calm the crowd. So there's literally no way to prove you're not he, a wit. I mean, this is all preposterous to begin with, but right. But they he had was, no recourse. He was so impassionate, the crowd yeah. was was rooting for yeah. him. Yeah. And then boom. No, there's you could do nothing. Nope. You gotta run. Well, yeah, because I and I like how Cotton Mather says that the devil can just transform into an angel of light to basically right. deceive people. <laughs> right. So right. so you're not get you're not gonna win no matter what. Nope. No chance. In September, grand juries indicted 18 more people. The grand jury failed to indict William Proctor, who was rearrested on new charges. So, I mean, there is like literally no way to get, because that's the second time in this story that that's happened to somebody, that they they get let go and then they're brought back in. Yeah. On September 19th, 1692, Giles Corey refused to plead at arraignment and was killed by the form of torture in which a subject is pressed beneath an increasingly heavy load of stones in an attempt to make him enter a plea. <laughs> and then if he doesn't, he just dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was 81 years old. That guy. Holy fuck. You imagine? And still managed to make it like under those stones for at least a time. Yeah. Four then pleaded guilty and 11 others were tried and found guilty. You, you know, you grew up with, at least American, you know, U.S. history talk, always talking about the Native Americans as the savages and this and that. But we were the savages, it turns out, all along. I mean, this is just savage stuff here. Like I said earlier, I'm currently reading the Andrew Jackson book, so I'm, I'm getting. Yeah, that's, where that's we really savage. Pretty though. savage to some Native Americans here. But also the way they justify. Well, doesn't matter. Different conversation. Well, and this is as it was dying down. I mean, this is missing the height of witch trials. Yeah. But I mean, you know, the com you always get the, you know, the, the white Western race is so much better and they came to conquer them, but they were the savages. On September 20th, Cotton Mather wrote to Stephen Seawall saying, quote, that I may be more capable to assist in lifting up a standard against the infernal enemy. Requesting a narrative of the evidence given in the trials of half a dozen, or if you please, a dozen of the principal witches that have been condemned. 
So maybe a little starting to think twice about this whole thing, rethink what's going on. Hmm. About time. <laughs> yeah. How many people we hang already? Yeah, but on September 22nd, 1692, eight more people were executed. <laughs> well, oh, there you false go. False alarm. <laughs> Mather then quickly completed his account of the trials, which was the wonders of the invisible world, and it was given to Governor Phipps when he returned from the fighting in Maine in early October. Which was Indian Wars, I believe. Once Mather's account was read, Governor Phipps made the following statement, quote, I hereby declare that as soon as I came from fighting and understood what danger some of their innocent subjects might be exposed to, if the evidence of the afflicted persons only did prevail either to the commuting or trying any of them, I did before any application was made unto me about it put a stop to the proceedings of the court and they are now stopped till their majesty's pleasure be known. On October 29th, Judge Siebel wrote, quote, The court of Oyer and Terminer count themselves thereby dismissed, asked whether the court of Oyer and Terminer should sit, expressing some fear of inconvenience by its fall. The governor said it must fall. All right, so the beginning also, of the end, right? Yeah, and it's also no coincidence that Governor Phipps' own wife, Mary Phipps, was among those who had been called out upon at this time for mm. being a witch oh <laughs> that's weird <laughs> yeah. oh interesting that never happens and after phipps's order there were no more executions hmm. okay Mm-mm-mm. interesting amazing the first of five cases tried in 16 in january 1693 were of the five people who had been indicted but not tried in september sarah buckley Margaret Jacobs, Rebecca Jacobs, Mary Whiteredge, and Job Tukey. Job hold, fa- hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. Job Tukey. Well, it's probably Job, isn't it? If it's a Bible name. I like it better. You want to go with Job? Job. Yeah, I like it better as Job. Okay. <laughs> Job Tukey, Job Tukey. All right. This, this might be the episode with the best names we've ever done. I don't disagree. We got Cotton Mather. What was the other one, Dave? I always forget. Cotton Mather. Uh, Diodat Lawson. Lawson. And Job Tukey. Or Job Tukey. Job Tukey. Job Tukey. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. As you were, you know, I apologize. All of them were found not guilty. Grand juries were held for many of those remaining in jail. And charges were dismissed against many of them. But 16 more people were indicted and tried. Three of whom were found guilty. Elizabeth Johnson Jr., Sarah Wardwell, and Mary Post. So even though the governor put a stop to executions, people are still getting found guilty for this stuff. Mm. I have a clip of the uh, some audio recording of the the proceedings and what, what they played as the women entered for their witch trials. Really? Yeah. Never before released. Never before released. There's some holes in this house. 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 That's the theme song of the witch trials that they were playing. That was not me singing for the record. I just want everyone to know that was a audio clip that someone had saved. I just don't want people to think I'm in business for myself. Although that will be a ringtone coming to you soon. Maybe. I got a better ringtone people want. Wet ass pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Wet ass pussy. <laughs> there you go. All right. Oh boy. Mike, what was your favorite subject in college? Wet ass pussy. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod if you want more of that, because that's where that came from. <laughs> Just saying. That was not me singing that that was a sound clip they've had from a bonus show. I like it. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. That's staying on the board forever. Hey. Wet ass <laughs> pussy. I think every time you play that, <laughs> girls get wet. And guys too, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Wet ass back pussies, like Borat would say. It's the anus. anus. Your back, your back pussy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. When the warrants for the execution were written of these three people and others remaining from the previous court, Governor Flips issued pardons sparing their lives. In late January, early February, the court sat again in Charleston, Middlesex County, and held grand juries and tried five more people. All were found not guilty, but were not released until they paid their jail fees. During this time of waiting to pay jail fees, Lydia Dustin died in jail on March 10th, 1693. Jail fees. So I see some things never change. Mm -hmm. Jail fees. <laughs> lock your ass up and you're going to pay for it. At the end of April, the court heard charges against a servant girl, Mary Watkins, for falsely accusing her mistress of witchcraft. In May, the court convened in Ipswich, Essex County, and held a variety of grand juries. They dismissed charges against all but five people, which were all found not guilty at trial, finally putting an end to the series of trials and executions. Just like that, it was all over. Although the last trial was held in May 1693, the public response to the events continued. In the decades following the trials, survivors, family members, and their supporters sought to establish the innocence of the individuals who were convicted and to gain compensation. In the following centuries, the descendants of those unjustly accused and condemned have sought to honor their memories. Uh, I know they have like festivals, like they'll have festivals around there mm -hmm. every year. Yeah. Um, but in November 2001, years after the celebration of the 300th anniversary of the trials, the Massachusetts legislator passed an act exonerating all who had been convicted and naming each of the innocent. Mm-mm-mm. Look at that. And that all is exonerating witch trials. Yeah. My takeaway from this is that religion is hands down the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity. Well, I didn't ask your final thoughts yet, Dave. <laughs> that's one of my final thoughts, Mike. Well, so, Okay. Witches be trying, witches be dying. Oh, man. This is a brutal episode in our history. It's a very unspoken, dark part of American history. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, it was before we were established as our own country, but... True. It's still a part of this, this, our history. I think one of the interesting things here is that the smart play might have been to con confess right away, because a lot of those guys rode it out and weren't executed. They rode the wave until this ended. The people that wouldn't confess, they hung them the next day, you know? Yeah, I mean, confessing was not the way to go for sure. You're going to be killed instantly. No, I, I think confessing was the way to go. The ones that wouldn't confess, they hung them the next day. A lot of these women that confessed right away ended up being able to ride it out and beat the execution. Were they not the ones being tortured, though? Like, into, like, the ones being dunked? And then when they would admit to it, they'd just be like, oh, well, you're dunked. Well, the dunking thing was not really specific to this story right that was just one of the things that witches had been back in the torture back in the torture stuff that they did to witches so you're talking specifically for salem specifically for salem admit a, it a lot front. of the ones that admitted up front i think survived this which looking back sure it's easy for us to say yeah, and back then you know 
you're thinking if I admit to this, look what they're going to, you know, they might burn me on a cross or whatever. True. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Ian, what say you on this one? It's brutal. I agree with Dave that I think there's enough history that religion causes a lot of problems. But I will say it's been this, these couple, like the Ouija board and this one, it's been a nice, uh, nice change of pace for outline writing. Yeah. Well, we're doing something different for October. We've had some fun shows. Yeah. Patreon as well. This was not fun for these ladies 300 years ago, but no, it's or an guys. interesting story. Or guys. I, yeah, I keep forgetting. There was a lot of warlocks. A lot, warlocks, of, a lot of warlocks in this A lot of warlocks. Have you ever been to Salem? I have not. No, I haven't either. I have not been to New England. Yeah. I've never been to New England. I always want to go to that Salem Horror Fest up there that they have every year. Kind of like our cinema wasteland here. Yeah, with a big, sure. They have all kinds of stuff. And I want to... Shout out to some of our listeners, I believe, are big cinema wasteland people. Nice. We have not been yet. My dad goes every year. That's a good time. We have not been. Well, you've been. Oh, yeah. I've been a couple of times. I have not been. It's cool. We might. We're going to try to get a table there. If anybody from Cinema Wasteland is listening, hey, Absolutely. help us out. We'll sell our, peddle our wares, if you will. Yeah. And drink some alcohols. I mean, really, there's well, a hotel bar. Sure. So let's get fucking drunk and talk about some spooky shit. But the, uh, the Satanic Temple up there, they have that Baphomet statue up in Salem, and you can go take pictures with it. I want to get a picture with the Baphomet. There we go. First live show is in... Where Salem Mass. Salem Mass. Here we go. We're coming to you in 2027. <laughs> First live show. Mask free, baby. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We're going to wait till this pandemic dies off. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Salem Witch Trials. Terrible. As, as they say, that's a show, boys. Yeah. yeah. Ian, you got any final thoughts on this one? Anything else to get off your chest? Nope. I'm excited for next week. I'm going down the rabbit hole for next week. A lot of research yeah. for it. Oh, I forgot what we were doing until just now. More current, kind of current event stuff, right? Ooh. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. teaser. Dave, what about you? Uh, that's all I've got. It's a very troubling, uh, troubling part of our history. That's it. Not the best. I don't know what else you can say about it. Ian, you fucked up. Uh, one, I have one last thing. David, did, did you see the Rob Zombie movie about like the Salem witch trials? Or whatever the witch one was he made. The Lords of Salem, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible movie. It was not good. It was awful. Yeah. I Yeah, I did not love that. You no, know, it was not good. Mm-mm. The the Rob Zombie movies for me are hit or miss. Uh House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell, I thought were great. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen this this witch movie, whatever the fuck it was called. What'd you say it Lords was? Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. And then also um I, I'm I'm a big fan of the Halloween movies. Yeah. I think his two reboots of Halloween were terrible. I yeah, just don't like they them. They were just eh. like I I don't think I don't know. I just didn't love them. So I don't know. I'm not a big fan of those three. You didn't and like I, 31 either, did you? 31 was awful. Oh, I like 31. I did not like I 31. That was good. Yeah, we bought it based on your recommendation. <laughs> like bought the DVD like a Target for like you know whatever eight bucks. Yeah, not good. Okay. I don't. I, Looking back, like remember, I don't even remember a thing about it, but I remember not loving it. Huh. Like, what was it about? A murder? No, like the people were like Ghost. hunted. They put them in this big warehouse, and then they released like yes, a, a that's new. That's right. Yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah, no, I don't know. Rob Zombie's hit or miss for me. Yeah, that was all right. I did not love these these the witches one though. Yeah, that was that was not my favorite. Good segue though. That was good. I wrote zombie here, and then I was like sitting for 20, 10 minutes. I got back from the bathroom. I was like, what did I mean by zombie? What the fuck did that mean? I do that. That's funny. And I was like, oh, Rob Zombie. 
All right, we got some patron shout outs. We got a lot of patron shout outs. Thank you very much to Stacy Gorski, Zachary Gieb, Gibe, Jeeb, Zachary Jeeb. I tried six different ways. That's my best. <laughs> Rachel Sanchez, Mary Vecchione, Jane Holden, Mike Runcifer, Kiera, Highberry's Furry Corner, Tell My Wife Erin McCormick, I Love Her to Death. I was the guy that got caught at the strip club last week? I might be. <laughs> so this fucking guy. Maybe he was caught jerking off to Casey Anthony porn. We've all been there. We've all been there. Hey, Aaron McCormick, is it, are your husband's nuts in a ball, in a, in a little <laughs> jar on the mantle tonight? Ouch. They are now. Javier Pandoro. <laughs> Not a meth lab. Kayla Anderson. Mariah Bell. Justin Monson. Katie Riley, Cynthia, Lucy Rays, Kyle Richardson, Daniel, Jess Beely, Glenn Slater, Amanda Adams, Bobby Lemuse. Thank you very much. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian, what shout out you got for us? For iTunes, I have one for RF6440, CMSSEP, and Ash95. Thank you for the awesome reviews. So uh, tell tell my wife Erin McCormick I love her to death. They didn't leave a they didn't leave a <laughs> review on iTunes. They did not. Dave's obsessed with this one now. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Dave, what do you got for us? Anything else? Uh, no, I probably just lost us a patron with the yeah. I think so. My uh, nonsense. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just joking, Mister McCormick. We, we <laughs> hope Mr. you McCormick. keep your patronage. <laughs> hope you get your nutsack back soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Necronomapod, uh, patreon.com slash Necronomapod. And uh, yeah, that's it. It's been a fun October. What what date is it? The next show is, uh, are we still in October next week? November 1st will be the next show. So this is it. This is it for the, the creepy uh, crawler fantastics, right? Yeah, because it's isn't coming out to the 25th. Sorry, I had to look at my watch in the calendar there for a minute. So we hope you enjoy this creepy month. And uh, we have a fucking might be the best lineup we ever had, I think, for a month for November. I think it's going to be fun. Mm. My opinion. It's a fun month. It's good stuff so far. Maybe not necessarily the most popular and the biggest names. Sure. Good month. Good month, though. November. We got to meet Erin McCormick. Her husband loves her to death. Oh, my God. See about that. This guy's definitely canceling Patreon. Oh, oh God. No, we're gonna get we're gonna get summoned to that divorce here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh fuck, we gotta land this plane. We went off the rails. Oh, witches get snitches. Alright, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.